Well, good morning, church. It's good to be with you this morning. When Pastor Matt asked me if I could uh, speak on one of these Sundays, I said, yep, I've got the text for you, and I want to share something with the church here. And so thanks for the opportunity to be here and taking the time uh, for us to look at the Scriptures together. Uh, Today's talk is about why church matters, and specifically, why belong. Uh, Perhaps this morning you maybe aren't even part of a church. Maybe you're just listening in. And if that's you, I think you're going to have a better understanding why church people think church is as important as it is to them. Uh, If you're a regular attender or participant here at this church, I just want to say that I want to encourage you in your journey with this group of people that you belong to. We recently had a little uh, member uh, added to our family. We had a grandson born to us a couple of months ago. His name is Elliot Jude. And um, in a matter of seven or eight weeks, this little guy has doubled in weight. He, um, He eats, sleeps, cries a little bit, makes a few messes, repeat. What's amazing about little Elliot is that he has no clue that he belongs in a family and who really his, the names of his parents are or his little older sister or us as grandparents or any extended family member. He doesn't know who they are. But we sure do. We know him by name. We call him by name. We hold him. We hug him. We tell him we love him. He doesn't even know what that means. But he belongs. And for us, it matters that he belongs. You see, belonging matters on purpose. And that's what today's lesson is about. And and there's some special reasons. I'm going to give you at least one primary reason, although there are a lot of reasons that we can talk about why belonging matters on purpose. Now, most of you belong somewhere. Like maybe... uh, Maybe you're here and you say, hey, you know what? I definitely belong to church. Uh, Some of you might be part of a club, a small group. Uh, Perhaps most of us belong at some kind of work environment, a school. We can identify where we belong. Recently, I heard of a story of somebody who was uh, just sitting down on a park bench with somebody, and uh, this person started a conversation and said, you know, this COVID thing is really, really hard. Oh, yeah, it is hard. Tell me what's going on in your life, was the response. This woman downloaded to to this person on the bench, just saying, I just feel so disconnected. I feel so isolated. It's like nobody cares. I have no hope. And through that situation, There's that exchange of, yes, there is hope. There is hope in God, and there's hope in God's people. There's hope in the church. And then this person invited this woman to perhaps attend a small group gathering of some kind, or at least log on online and get a sense of what God is doing through this community of people. Today's text is from 1 Peter 2, verse 9. It's a very familiar text. It's a text I studied a lot when I was in seminary and has really meant a lot lot to me over the years. It's this, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. 
that you might declare, that you may declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His wonderful light. Uh, This verse describes the followers of God in four distinct ways. Chosen people, royal priesthood, holy nation, God's special possession. Now, most of us quickly think of ourselves kind of as individuals when we hear that verse. It's like, oh yes, I am God's special possession. Uh, Yeah, I guess I'm kind of like a priest and yeah, we, we're, we're kind of part of a different kind of a nation, and yeah, I'm special to God, you know, those kinds of things. Uh, but actually, there's a different kind of emphasis in the, this verse. And I'll get to that in just a bit, but um, I, I brought some props along to kind of help us remember and maybe explain some of this uh, to you. Uh, chosen people. There's actually four couplets here. Chosen people, royal priesthood, holy nation, special possession. These are four couplets that explain what God's people are like. So, um, I brought the first uh, prop. It's, uh, it's a crescent wrench. And, um, ooh, it's a Mastercraft from Canadian Tire. Well, that's pretty special. Um, Anyways, I had, uh, I had a bunch of tools in my toolbox that uh, I could have brought forward, but I chose this one. If I were to choose one tool to take along, I would probably choose this tool. You see, I can use it as a hammer. I can use it to uh, you know, tighten bolts and things like that. It's even got a little measuring thing on here, so that could be helpful, I suppose. Um, couldn't use it very well as a knife, but it does have a sharp edge, so maybe it, you know, I could use it for something. But it, it, it's, it's chosen. Now, I don't choose a wrench like this to you know, kind of have oh, a relationship with, uh, you know, to take along with me wherever I go, because somehow you know, it's got Mastercraft written on here. I use it because I, I think that this would be a helpful and useful tool to accomplish something I want to do, right? So I choose it out of a, a multiple, um, out of multiple options. I chose this one for a special purpose. Well, I also have a candle. Now I don't have it lit here. I should have had it lit, but oh well, it's not lit. But a lot of people use a candle um, to signify that um, there's kind of a special pace, a space that they use when they have, let's say, their quiet time with God or their prayer times, those kinds of things. Um, and um, uh, the idea of royal priesthood is the idea that we are the kind of connector between God and humanity. A candle often represents that kind of presence of God's Spirit with us, right? Um, so the Bible says here in 1 Peter 2 verse 9 that we are a royal priesthood. Now, if you were a king, royalty, you couldn't be a priest. And if you were a priest, you couldn't be a, a, a king. That, those were the rules in the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, this idea that we are both royalty and we are priesthood, it's actually a way of saying that we are, we are connecting people to the king. And we are helping the king uh, with connecting people to him. We're a royal priesthood. That's what priests do. They, they help connect. Um, I've got another one. It says that we're a, a holy nation. Well, holy nation um, reminds me of a flag. And um, I don't think there's any country 
that has a white, pure white flag as, as the flag of their country. Um, usually a white flag is a symbol of being, uh, of giving up, of, of uh, submitting, right? Well, in a sense, that's kind of the way that uh, we understand uh, the scriptures to speak about believers. We, we submit to God. We submit to one another. We, um, we're, we're a holy nation. Uh, uh, white symbolizes holiness, purity set apart. Um, God's people are like a nation, but like none other. That's what set apart means or holy means. It's like, yeah, you know, where the world might, uh, you know, gain territory through power or taxes or, um, you know, economic, uh, um, you know, vying for, for more, more uh, economic power or whatever. The church is different. God's people are different. We don't gain power through, through uh, battles or through taxes or those kinds of things. We actually gain it through loving one another, through forgiveness, through asking for forgiveness, uh, through truth. Uh, love, those kinds of things, right? We're of a different kind. That's what a holy nation actually means. Now, I have another uh, prop, and this one's a little bit bigger. And some of you might recognize this, but many of you maybe won't. Um, this is called a sumovore. And um, it's pretty special to me. I received this just after my mom's uh, passing away, but... Uh, uh, 10 months ago or so. This is my mother's possession, and um, it's a family heirloom. It's pretty special. We have it uh, displayed quite often in our home. It is a communication piece. Uh, my, my grandparents, who were about 21, 22 years old at the time, I think grandpa was maybe a few years older, um, came from uh, the old country, Russia, Ukraine, that area, and uh, this was their soup pot. Uh, or teapot. There's, there's a, a cylinder on the inside in which they put hot coals and then around on the outside it would, it would warm it up and as they were on the ship this is how grandma uh, made, made soup for her two-year-old and the infant um, and it, be, it has become a reminder of the crossing of this, uh, of this journey that they had from the old country here into Canada. It's a summivore. You can look it up and uh, uh, there's many different iterations of this uh, in, in places like Russia, Ukraine, uh, other, uh, other Middle Eastern countries. What do we do with this? A special possession you put on display. And uh, you kind of boast about it. Actually, the word, uh, this, this, this idea of special possession in the Old Testament shows up in context of marriage. And that's the idea of how um, often... Uh, a wife was referred to as a special possession. Now, we might say, oh, man, you know, uh, a wife isn't a, isn't a man's possession. And while that's true, uh, that was actually a kind of a very dignified way of, of uh, referring to marriage. You see, when you have a special possession, you don't just go and sell it. You don't just go and trade it in. You just, you don't do that. You put it on display and you say, wow, you know, this, you, you can't trade this in for anything. It, it's priceless. We, we preserve it, and we protect it, and um, yeah, we, we, we talk about it. And God refers to us as his people, as his special possession. That's a lot of responsibility, of, uh, if you really think about it. Well, um, 
You know, when we, when we think of these four couplets, I think a lot of times we, we think about, oh, that's who I, I am, right? I'm God's special possession. But actually, these are collective nouns. And the emphasis is not on the individual, it's actually on the collection. So, let me explain a little bit what, what a collective noun is. So, just hang in there with me. I know you guys are really brilliant and you can hang in there uh, as I try and just unpack this a little bit. A collective noun is really like group. So... Uh, or a herd, or, a, or a, a class of students, or a classroom of students. A classroom, that's actually kind of a collective noun. Or you call it a, a, a gaggle of geese, I think, or a flock, or a murder of crows. Whoever thought of that idea? Um, but that's the group. It's a singular word referring to the whole group, right? Um, when we say church... Um, Kind of most people refer to it as a building, or we would say, hey, I'm going to church on Sunday morning. Uh, actually, that's not the way the Bible uses this idea. The Bible uses this idea as the collection of people, the whole group. So when we talk about church, it's actually the people. And there's four de- these four descriptions right, about the church. A chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a special possession, It's the group that matters, and belonging to this group matters because there's an assignment, and that assignment is for you and us to do together. Uh, When I was in seminary, I chose this text as, as one of my major pieces I would work on. It's actually found in a similar form in Exodus chapter 19, and as I was going through this text, I kind of distinctly remember just one day just kind of going like, wow, there are a lot of implications to this text in terms of how the church functions. It was rather profound for me at the time, and I still think it's incredibly profound. You know, it, it, it impacts how a church thinks about how people belong. You know, maybe we could even think of baptism in, in kind of a different kind of way than maybe a lot of people are used to. It makes a difference in how the church functions to the world. So we're not just emphasizing the individual relationship to our neighbors. We're actually thinking about it more collectively. It changes how we think of each other. And it profoundly imp- impacted how I thought about the church. You see, you don't go to church. You are the church. You are a member of the church. It matters that I'm intentional in some way as being part of this group. Uh, You see, that that pushes me to think about attending regularly or committing to one another or uh, to to this group in some really meaningful way. Uh, It means the implication would be that I help out where I can with the gifts and the abilities that God has given to me. Um, I become baptized into a family. So for one example, when a person is baptized, they actually also proclaim that they are part of Christ's body in a tangible kind of physical way here on earth. It's not just the universal body of Christ, but it's a real tangible idea. And it's not an idea just that's kind of out there, but it's actually the church is the place where God lives. So, as you think about baptism, it also means that we're birthed into His family. It's where the believer belongs. The Bible says that we are members of Christ's body. And it means that belonging matters. We are collective agents as a church, functioning on earth, 
on Christ's behalf. 1 Peter 2 verse 9 says that you might declare the praises. Get that? That you might declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness. Now that word you all, or you, is actually you all. It's a plural in the Greek that we don't capture in the English anymore. In the old King James they would say ye, right? meaning the whole group. Um, we don't translate it that anymore, but we could kind of translate it you all, right? Belonging matters because its purpose goes beyond just being in a family, and it's about being agents of good news, God's good news in the world, of Christ's love to us, His claims that He forgives people when they come to Him, that they will have eternal life, that He's the way, the truth, and the life, and the church collectively gives witness, witness to that. So let's wrap it up. Just a couple of thoughts. Um, from time to time, your church, our church does uh, baptism. And when you think about baptizing uh, or being baptized, it's not just about declaring that I'm in relationship with Christ, although that's firstly true, but it also means that I'm part of Christ's body together with the people and there's a local expression to it. I belong when I am baptized into a tangible group of people who have an assignment uh, together with God. So I want to encourage you with a, just a couple of thoughts uh, today. Um, be intentional. Be intentional about what it means to belong to your church. And maybe you're not uh, yet part of a church, but maybe this is an opportunity for you to reflect about belonging somewhere because it is one of the ways in which and actually the primary way in which, in which God ex wants to express His love to humanity is through a community of people that, that's called the church, who's called the church. And there's always an open invitation to belong. In this family, I know we will do our best to faithfully show you what it means to belong in Christ. And, and, and the second part is join in. Not only be intentional, but I think the second part of it is, is really joining in, meaning show up. You can't be part of a group if you don't show up. Whether it's, whether it's online in these days or whether you're part of a small group somewhere, and perhaps you're part of a small group of the church, be intentional about it. Be on mission together, not just connecting with one another in kind of a loose kind of relational kind of way, but that you actually have a purpose to declare the praises of Him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. So remember, your small group, or maybe the larger group, you are collectively an agent of the good news of Jesus. Belonging matters on purpose. And every family knows this. You know this as a family member. It matters. And the church is like a family. So be part of it intentionally. Join in and watch what God will do in your life and God, watch what God will do through the lives of this group of people as, as you engage and invite others to be part of it. Well, before we leave, I also want to just uh, point you to some small group discussion questions or perhaps some questions that you might want to consider as well. And so we've got four questions that uh, I'm hoping that you can, you can perhaps uh, discuss together in your small group and you might want to have a look at these. Uh, to what extent do you think people are feeling left out or isolated uh, during this season? And then talk maybe some, some stories around that 
of people you've encountered. And secondly, have someone read uh, 1 Peter 2, verse 9. And from this verse, what role does relationships play in, uh, as the basis for belonging in the church? Just kind of take note of the importance of relationships. Thirdly, you might want to have some dialogue around baptism and what that means to um, you know, kind of be part of that family and that, that, that as an initiation experience. And there's some verses there to look up. And then finally... What is something your small group could do, I'm assuming that most of you are in a small group, to, to enhance the mission of the church during this season? That's really the call of 1 Peter 2 verse 9, right? So I encourage you to do that. So blessings to you. I just want to take a moment to pray with you and bless you. So Father, thank you for this time together. Thank you for your incredible love to us. Thank you that your love to us is extended to us demonstrated to us as a community of people and that you've called us. We understand that belonging matters. Belonging matters because it's purposeful, not only for the health and well-being of one another, but also to be on mission to declare the praises of him who called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. So we thank you for this opportunity to be together and I pray for, for your people that they would be encouraged to represent you well in the places that you've called them to and, and for. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, Paul, uh, for bringing that encouraging word, that challenging word. I think sometimes we are passive agents and we're waiting to belong and uh, looking for a place to belong, but we're, sometimes we're not proactive in that. And I think belonging uh, takes some activity from us. It takes some intentionality on each of our parts uh, in community. And so I would encourage you with that intentionality. And that might mean leading a group and being a, a part of br giving that environment or the opportunity for other people to belong. Uh, and so if, if you've done starting point, like I mentioned in the hosting moment, uh, would really encourage you to think about if there's a group, if there's a group, a type of group that God is calling you to lead, whether it's online, in person, social study, uh, serve, support, group, Lots of different ways that that can look like, uh, but sometimes it does take intentionality to create opportunities to belong. Uh, and maybe the risk for you is just choosing to engage in a group uh, this fall. And so uh, please uh, keep your, your ears out, your eyes open for in, in October when we relaunch the next semester of groups. And lastly, I also wanted to pick up on Paul's invitation around baptism. Uh, if you've never made uh, that decision uh, to publicly declare your faith, if you're uh, someone who is following Jesus, but you haven't uh, you haven't taken that public step of baptism. I would I would encourage you to do that. It's been the it's it's been the commandment of Jesus uh, since he was on earth two thousand years ago to uh, to today as the marker that uh, that defines when someone moves from living for themselves to living for Jesus, declaring Jesus as your leader, your forgiver, your friend. Uh, and there's uh, no better moment in the SunWest family than when we get to gather and celebrate baptisms together. And so we look forward to uh, celebrating those baptisms as we get back together in person in September on the 20th. Um, and if you would like to take that step of baptism at some point, uh, just reach out to myself or a pastor on staff. We'd love to chat with you, journey with you, uh, and uh, look at when that might happen and what that could look like. Uh, so God bless thinking of you, praying for you as uh, fall keeps moving forward and, and school starts. Uh, we are, we're going to keep moving together as a family, and I'm happy to belong with you 
it's a it's a great joy and privilege <clears throat> to be in this community. We'll see you soon. Thank you.